If you would, open your Bibles to Luke chapter 11. Luke 11. We're continuing in our um, series on our Lord's parables. These last set of parables we're looking at um, relate to our citizenship in the kingdom. And this is actually the 10th lesson in this, in this series, so we'll probably have a couple more lessons and then we'll move on to something else. I hope this has been encouraging to you, that these, looking at these parables and, and seeing these simple teachings that tell us so much. So these last several lessons we'll look at our citizenship in the kingdom. Last week we looked at probably the best known parable of all, and that is the parable of the Good Samaritan that's recorded for us in Luke chapter 10. If you'll remember in that parable, we learn how to be kind to those who are in need, whom we come in contact with. It is one of the great lessons, really, in Scripture. Really the, one of the great lessons of being a Christian, what it means to, to serve God by serving those who are around us. This week we're going to be looking at the next parable that's recorded in, in Luke's Gospel, here in chapter 11, and that's the parable of the friend at midnight. And I'll go ahead and let the cat out of the bag and tell you what this parable is going to tell us about. It's going to tell us about persistence. So we're going to learn um, about this persistence that this one has when he's knocking on his friend's door at midnight. But there's more... Um, a little bit more to it than that, and we're going to make some application um, in regards to our spiritual life. And that is, of course, what these parables are all about, this casting alongside, these earthly stories that tell us um, a spiritual meaning, a spiritual lesson. So let's read here in Luke chapter 11, uh, the parable uh, of the friend at midnight. We'll start here in verse 5. And he said to them, of course, this is our Lord, We'll be speaking. And he said to them, Suppose one of you shall have a friend, and shall go to him at midnight, and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has come to me from, from a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And from inside he shall answer and say, Do not bother me. The door has already been shut, and my children and I, and are, and I are in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is a friend, yet because of his persistence, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. And I say to you, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened to you. For anyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it shall be opened. Now suppose one of, you, one of you fathers is asked by his son for a fish. He will not give him a snake instead of a fish, will he? Or if he's asked for an egg, he will not give him a scorpion, will he? If then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So let's look at some details about the parable. First of all, as is so important um, many times, is the setting in which the parable is given. So if you look back in verse 1 of chapter 11, uh, it says here, 
Uh, and it came about that while he was praying in a certain place after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John also taught his disciples. So here in verse 1, we see the disciples, after Jesus, Jesus had finished praying, they asked him to teach them how to pray. And this is when the Lord teaches them what has become known as the model prayer. Now, in times past, and, and you may have even heard it called this um, even recently, some might call it the Lord's Prayer. But really, more accurately, it, it can be called the model prayer. And he gives, our Lord gives similar instructions in Matthew chapter 6 when he is delivering his Sermon on the Mount. He gives very similar instructions on how to pray. And there he says in, in Matthew's uh, accounting of this, these are two separate instances, by the way, but the Lord teaches very similarly when, when, he, asks, when he, he is asked how to pray. But back in Matthew's account, he says, pray in this way. So we understand that our Lord is giving us a framework, or giving those disciples who ask him a framework in which to pray. Not a rote, word-for-word -word, um, prayer, but rather a framework. That's how we come about calling this the model prayer. So after he tells them this way, how they should pray, he gives them this parable of the friend at midnight. So here's the setting. So the, our Lord has been praying. The disciples ask him to teach them how to pray. So he gives them this model prayer we have recorded there in verse 2. When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation. Matthew's accounting when Jesus gives us on the parable of the Mount, a parable uh, sermon on the Mount. It's a little longer in that, but basically the same. So the framework is there. So pray in this way. So he he takes the opportunity now to teach the parable. So he's given them the framework in which they are to pray. So now he tells them this parable of the friend at midnight. And this gives us some context for this idea of the persistence. You know, what, it, what is it about the persistence? Well, that can be applied to, to different things. But we're going to make the application a little bit later on. But keep in mind this idea that he's being asked about prayer when he gives this parable of the friend at midnight. So he gives the parable, and he tells of someone who has a friend. And at midnight, this person goes to this friend, and he asks him for three loaves, for three loaves of bread. This person needs to, to feed a friend that has come to his house. He's been on a journey, he comes to his house, and he wants to be able to feed him, and he has nothing to feed him, so he goes to his friend's house to ask for some, for some bread so that he can set that before him, as it says there. Remember and understand about hospitality during these, this time is very important. You know, hotels weren't as abundant as they are these days, nor can they quickly travel from one to the, one to the next. So people, people often stayed in each other's homes while they were traveling. And a typical home in those days would have been uh, just a large room, and it would serve different functions. They could change the, the way they used that room to, to serve different functions. They would cook there, um, they would eat there, and they would sleep there. 
And at night, they'd bring in their animals lots of times to keep the animals from wandering off or, or to, being, to being stolen. So they'd bring them inside the room. Um, and then they would lock the door because obviously they don't want robbers and thieves or anybody just to come through the door. So they'd bring their animals in, they'd close the door, they'd all settle in for the night and be sleeping, all sleeping together in one room. So it's reasonable to understand at midnight, if someone comes knocking on the door, why the man of the house wouldn't want to disturb the whole house in order to get up and to, and to give this one the food that they're asking for. He wouldn't want to have to, what we might call it today, raid the fridge or raid the pantry and disturb the whole household just to, to give this person what he needs. So we, we, it's understandable when we think about it in those terms. And so Jesus goes on to, to say that the fact that these two are friends is not reason enough for the man to get up and open the door. I, Chuck, I consider Chuck to be my friend. But even if I went over to Chuck's house at midnight and knocked on his door, he might say, go away, Kevin, it's midnight. So our friendship wouldn't be enough for him to, to, to get up and to open the door. So what is it that compels this one to get up and open the door? And Jesus lets us know it's his persistence. It's his persistence that compels the man to get up and open the door. And it says that he will give him all that he needs. So the friendship's not enough. The relationship is not enough. It's the persistence that this man has. And he then goes on to tell them, which is so interesting in this, and, and, and we, we know this passage pretty well about asking and seeking and knocking. He says, if you ask, it will be given to you. If you ask, you will receive. And if you seek, you shall find. And if you knock, it shall be opened to you. He then speaks of, of sons asking their fathers for things. So here we have this, this idea of persistence. He, he then tells them about asking and, and seeking and knocking. And then he goes on to tell them about fathers and sons and relationships there. So if a son asks for a fish, he says, you wouldn't give him a snake, would you? Or if he asked you for an egg, you wouldn't give him a scorpion, would you? Of course not. That father and son relationship, that wouldn't allow for that. So fathers in this world know how to give their sons things when they're asked. Jesus says, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? So what can we step away from for a bit and look at this parable and how can we make application of it? Well, like I said, the, the, the easy central meaning in all of this is the persistence. Um, asking and seeking and knocking. Jesus says that, again, because these two are friends, he's, just, just because of the relationship wasn't enough. It was the persistence, the asking, the seeking, the knocking. And notice that those are action words. Notice that those things require something of us or of the, the man in this parable. And so making that application to us, our God expects us to do something. 
our God expects us to go after spiritual things. He wants us to be in a relationship with him. Don't, don't misunderstand. God wants us to be in a relationship with him. He always has. That father and child relationship is what he's always wanted with his children. That's why it's so often referred to as his children. That's what the relationship that he wants. But just because we are friends, and I, I do the air quotes there, just because we have a relationship with our God, that isn't enough. And in this, in this reading here, that's not enough to get the, the Holy Spirit. So what does that mean to us? Well, it means that we have to be in action. We must ask. We must seek. We must knock. In other words, we have to continue to seek out God. Yes, we are in a relationship with our Lord. When we become baptized into the kingdom, we become a child of his, and we are in that relationship. But God wants us to, to seek him out, and to continue to seek him out, to continue to go after spiritual things. It's not enough just that we are in the relationship. We have to continue to go after spiritual things. The persistence then applies to us in that way. And in so doing, he will give it abundantly. He will give us the things that we ask for abundantly. Remember back in the parable there, it says that, um, I tell you, verse 8, I tell you that even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is a friend, yet because of his persistence, he will get up and give it to him as much as he needs. So making that translation, making that application to us, is if we ask him, if we seek and ask and seek and knock, he will give us all that we need. It's interesting that he says there at the end of verse 13, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Interesting that he says there about giving the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 7, beginning in verse 37, it says, Now on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and cried out, saying, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. And then in verse 39 it says, But this he spoke of the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For the Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Understanding that the Holy Spirit is a gift from God. Acts 2 and verse 38, Peter said to them, Repent, and let each one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The gift of the Holy Spirit is that which dwells in us. It is that that we are imparted with when we become a child of His. Paul talks about in Romans 8 about the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. That is the gift of the Holy Spirit. There's other things that we could talk about, the gift of the Holy Spirit being salvation. Um, those things that come along with the Holy Spirit. But what, we, what the passages I just read to you make it clear. That when we become a child of His, we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So this gift of the Holy Spirit is what dwells in us, according to what Paul says in Romans 8. 
And also in Galatians 5, he speaks of being led by the Spirit. And if we are led by the Spirit, then we enjoy the fruit of the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, uh, gentleness, and self-control. So if we are being led by the Spirit, we get to enjoy the fruit of the Spirit. And those are the things that the fruit of the Spirit is. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. So putting these things together, when we ask, seek, and knock of our Heavenly Father, He gives us the things of the Holy Spirit in abundance. And how is it that we uh, petition our Heavenly Father? How is it that we ask for these things? And of course we know how we do that. We pray. Jesus takes the opportunity when asked to teach his disciples to pray to tell them how to model their prayers. This is the framework which you are to pray to your Heavenly Father. And he also tells them to be persistent with their prayers. And through this persistence, they would be rewarded. And brethren, so are we. Through our persistence, we are rewarded. We need to be persistent in our prayers. 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 17 says to pray without ceasing. What does that mean to each one of us here? Well, for a long time I, I struggled with that little, that little verse, pray without ceasing. Does that mean I have to get up in the morning and pray all day long and go to bed and wake up the next day and do it again? Well, it's not going to leave time for me to take care of my family, to do the things I need to do to be pleasing to God in other ways. So what I've come to about that, about this praying without ceasing, is the fact that however many times a day you pray, do that. If you pray three times a day, then each day you pray three times a day. If you pray five times a day, then each day you pray five times a day. That's, to me, praying without ceasing. When I think about ceasing in prayer, I think about going days at a time without praying. Whatever that is for you, let that be your praying, praying without ceasing. Always giving thanks to God. And there's also another side of this as well. And I don't mean to, to belittle or to um, say that it's okay to just pray one time a day. If that's how, what you do, then that's okay. I think inherent in this scripture also is the idea of always being in contact with God, our creator. There shouldn't be a time in our life when we're cut off from God. This is our way to communicate with our God. He's given this to us, this avenue of prayer, that we can approach him and pray and, and, and have our petitions be heard by him. We should take advantage of that. There shouldn't be a time in our life when our prayer ceases. Pray without ceasing. Philippians 4 and verse 6 says, To be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. Everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. Another reason that we shouldn't be cut off from our God, our Creator. We should be praying, giving our thanks to Him, 
petitioning him, asking him for prayers on our own behalf and those who, who might need those prayers. And we do that often when we come here together. Only through persistence will our God hear and answer and answer abundantly. So we have this parable here of the friend at midnight. The relationship that he had with this one was not enough. There was something more that he needed to do in order to get that man to get up and to open the door. It's the same way with our God. We're in a relationship with our God, and that's wonderful. But he still wants us to seek him out. He still wants us to be persistent, to ask and to seek and to knock. And when he opens that door, the gift is abundant. So ask all the more in order to be blessed all the more. We have such a wonderful gift of prayer that we can communicate with our God. That we can sit down in a quiet place by ourselves or in a quiet setting and pray to our God, our creator. So in this little passage here in scripture, we learn a lot about prayer. We see this persistent man being given what he needs. And so we can make that application in our own life. Pray for the things that we need. And God will hear those prayers. And we understand about how he answers those. And there is a maturity and an aligning with God's will that we need to shape our prayers into so that we can pray for God's will to be done in our own lives. I hope this one... This parable has been encouraging to you. Hope it opens up a little bit more insight into prayer and lets us know a little bit more when we read passages like 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, pray without ceasing. And Philippians 4 and verse 6, but in everything by prayer and supplication, let your requests be known to God with thanksgiving. Hope that gives us a little more insight into that. If you are subject to the gospel call, we offer an invitation here at the end of our time, as we always do. If you're a child of God and your, your prayers have ceased, I encourage you to open up that line of communication again with, with your God and your creator. Whatever needs you might have, you can let them be known by coming forward as we stand and sing to encourage you.